I think that when you measure your value as a human being or your success as a human being or your worthiness as a human being on the things that are outside of you, number one, you'll always be chasing it. Born in 92 on the block with the sharks, come from a different cloth, y'all would get ripped apart. You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark. We dropping nuggets like Carmelo went to Rucker Park. Now we eating from state to state, we scraped the plate. I put my eggs in a basket, took a leap of faith. I took a chance, now we grow and see the impact. Decoding success with special guests, now let's bring that. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to episode number 209 here on the Decoding Success Podcast. This is your host, Matt Labrie. You just heard a snippet from the absolute legendary Mel Robbins, who is joining our show in just a little bit. But I think it's proper to give you fair warning. If you do not want your life to change for the better today, right now in these moments, stop listening to this episode. In fact, I'll repeat that. If you do not want your life to change for the better today in these moments, stop listening right now. I want to save you time because Mel is bringing to you a habit that takes less than five minutes every day. It will change your life. Now, how am I saying that so confidently? Well, how about the fact that it's backed by research and science? It's backed by 100,000 plus people who are already implementing this piece of advice today and seeing drastic improvements in their life, in the areas in which they want to see it. This is not anything to get brownie points. I'm telling you from someone that's actually doing it, what we're diving into today will change your life. So I want you to be prepared for that. If you're comfortable with where you're at, which I highly doubt is the case because you're listening to a podcast, but if you're comfortable with where you're at, this is not for you. If you want to level up, if you want to love yourself more, if you want to show yourself more praise for all that you've done, even on your worst days. This is for you. Now, Mel Robbins is one of the leading voices in personal development and transformation. She's an international best-selling author. With her new book, The High Five Habit, she is a New York Times best-selling author. Her work includes The Global Phenomenon, which I'm sure you heard of, The Five Second Rule. She is the author of four number one best-selling audiobooks, the narrator of them, the number one podcast on Audible, as well as signature online courses that have changed changed the lives of more than a half of million students worldwide. In fact, her work has even been translated into 36 languages. That is the impact that Mel has, and there is nothing more that Mel loves than making a real difference in people's lives by teaching them to believe in themselves and inspiring them to take the actions that will change their lives, and that's exactly what's happening here today, everyone. Really excited to have you. Get the notebooks out, put your seatbelt on, do whatever you got to do. We're diving in. Without further ado, our friend, Mel Robbins. Mel, welcome to the show. Excited to have you. I I need to throw this out there. We're going to start off with this. New York Times bestseller, again, number two selling book on all of Amazon for the high five habit. Now, how do you feel about hearing the impact and reach of this project? Well, you know, it's interesting. I... I'm really blown away and I'm a person that is driven by impact. So it's wonderful that we've made the New York Times, but I would rather not make it 
if it meant okay. that we would reach more people. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I, I, I think those accolades from from outside sources are absolutely amazing in business. They're super important because if something like the New York Times gets you on their list, then more and more people find out about the book, more people write about it. But I am a entrepreneur that is driven by making an impact in a real person's life. And so what blows my mind is the fact that this book has only been out for three weeks and there are 128,000 people from 91 countries who have taken and completed a five-day free challenge Mm. that I created as part of this book And not a single person that has completed the five-day challenge out of 128,000 people has said that they didn't feel something change in their life. And so knowing that that is what's going on, and look, I know that you're a 75 hard person, my daughter and my husband, my husband's already completed it. He's now doing it a second time. Our 23-year-old daughter is doing it. I understand challenges. I was more like a 75 ride-along kind of person this time around, but I am so committed to getting the tools of this book into the hands of people. I got I got an email last night from a guy who wrote into our, just the website randomly, you know, kind of with the, you'll probably never see this, but, and people would be surprised to know I see everything because it's important that you measure what matters in your business and your, in life. And what matters to me is the impact. So I'm constantly looking at how is this impacting real people? So this gentleman is a truck driver who has lost like 300 pounds, credits the five-second rule, another tool that I invented with helping him change his habits to do that. He has read The High Five Habit. He was writing about it on Facebook. Some woman that follows him randomly reached out for help. She had the bottle of pills in her hand, ready to end it, overwhelmed by life, He used what he learned in chapter four, five, and six of this book, where I talk about something called the reticular activity system in your brain. That's a filter that you can change in real time to help your brain work for you instead of against you. He used what he learned in those three chapters of the book, a truck driver with a high school education to help a woman through the worst moment of her life. And now she literally reading the book feels a totally different outlook because she has the tools to take control of her mind and take control of her default thinking. And that changes her entire experience of life. That is the shit that matters right there. I love that. Now I'm curious, because we actually just talked about this pre-recording. What's your advice for someone to shift out of the validation of that external source more so for what you're talking about here with that impact? Well, you know what, you know, let's unpack the seeking of validation from an external source. Okay. Because we all do it. It's part of life. You know, we chase likes. We think that if we drive a Range Rover, we've got a certain amount of money in the bank account that it means that somehow you've made it. And I think that when you measure your value as a human being or your success as a human being or your worthiness as a human being on the things that are outside of you, number one, you'll always be chasing it. Number two, it will never be in your control because the things outside of you can be taken away like that. We just saw that with the pandemic that we've all been living through. And it also means you will never actually be happy with where you are. You got to learn how to bring that need for validation 
and that need to feel a sense of worthiness and that need to feel honored and loved, you got to bring that in house. And this is so important because one of the reasons why we chase those things is we're trying to prove that we're worthy of something. We're trying to like grab at something that we think will show everybody else that we've made it or show everybody else that we've earned it or show everybody else that somehow we're good enough or prove to our dad or prove to that person or prove to ourselves or whatever. And one of the things that's interesting is that, you know, I just experienced this. It had been a big goal of mine for a long time to make the New York Times bestseller list. And we've made it with the high five habit. And, you know, it's week number three of the book being out. We're still on the list. But the second that I was named to the list, a couple interesting things happened. Number one, I didn't feel grateful Mm. (laughs) because I earned it. So, you know, I just sort of was like, okay, box check. And did it feel good? Yeah, it felt good in the moment. But the second the box was checked. I noticed immediate drop in uh, in dopamine, you know, kind of that feel good chemical in your brain, because I had been so conditioned in my life to achieve. I had met, I had married achievement with being worthy, achievement with love, achievement with my, with somebody, you know, caring about me, that it was instinctual. The second that I got the New York times list to then move the, the goalposts further. All right. Now what? All right. I got the times. Now I got to be on the times for 10 weeks. Then I got to do like, and I was incapable in that moment of even just taking a moment and reveling in this accomplishment that I earned. And that is how insidious this desire to achieve because it makes you feel worthy of something is in our life. Now goals are really important. Goals and dreams are critical for your growth because goals and dreams are like a beacon out ahead of you and they pull you through your fears and your anxiety and your unworthiness and the obstacles and they force you to grow in amazing ways. But one of the things I want everybody to understand is that what will bring you happiness in life is working on your goals, not achieving them. That's powerful. What will bring you happiness in life? Because I guarantee you when 75 hard was done and you checked that box and you achieved it, you probably felt like, okay, now what? It was working on it and being in the 75 day challenge that actually gave your life purpose and meaning. It wasn't the achievement of it. I self-sabotaged the fuck out of myself after. I'm sure. (laughs) I I did. I did. Uh, Totally binged, but so much to talk about right now. I have a million and one questions going through my mind. You might say I'm over analytical and that's fine, but I need to know what is the significance of the number five in your life? The five second rule, the high five habit, five day challenge. Is that just a coincidence? Well, it's a total coincidence and I really need to come up with a better answer um, (laughs) because I really don't have one. I, you know, I published the five second rule in 2017 the high five habit is the first book I've put out in almost in over four years. And if I had been really intentional about branding, I would have gone, okay, got to have a book with a five, got to be the five decisions, got to be the five, this, the five rules, the five laws, the five, uh, da, 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 da. that's not at all how it happened. I found myself at a very low moment when my business was turning upside down, thanks to the pandemic. 
And I had that very familiar experience of waking up and feeling overwhelmed by life and waking up and feeling defeated and waking up and feeling like life was punching me in the face. And, you know, everybody can relate to that feeling. And it was during that moment standing in my bathroom that I just out of instinct, as cheesy as it sounds, high fived my reflection because the woman that I saw in the mirror looked so sad and so overwhelmed. She looked like she needed one. And the first time I high fived myself in the mirror, I literally laughed out loud because it's so damn corny, but I felt something shift inside me. And I didn't immediately in that moment, you know, lightning didn't strike. I didn't go, oh, Matt, I got to write a book. That's not what happened. I literally laughed it off because it was so stupid and kind of had this feeling like, oh, my God, is it really this bad? And went on with my day. It was the next morning that everything started to crack open. And so the, the what's interesting is after I wrote the book, I, you know, kind of practiced the high five habit for a month. I posted one photo online in May of 2020. And within an hour, more than 100 people around the world had high fived themselves in the mirror and posted online. And I thought, okay, maybe I'm not the only one who needs more self-acceptance and self-empowerment here. Maybe there's something to this. Maybe I'm not the only one that feels this shift happening. And so I started reaching out to people that were doing it, that follow me online. That was the first phase of research. And their feedback was remarkable. And what I started to notice is that people were saying the impact was immediate or it took a day or two. And so when I then layered in more research about the high five and then other tools in this book, and reached out to the world's leading neuroscientists and habit researchers and psychologists and respected experts on the brain, they then validated what everybody that was a real person was feeling. I wrote the book and I realized, Matt, you know, we're going through a really hard time right now. And I think people are hurting more than they say. And I wanted to do something that anybody of any age and any education could do for free because I knew there would be a lot of people that wouldn't be able to afford the book. And I also knew that there would be lots of people around the world that follow me that would hear about the book or hear me on a podcast that would not be able to get a book yet in their country or in their language. And so I decided to create this five-day challenge that's free as a way to make sure that the idea goes viral. And what I just learned is that apparently day number five is a critical day in habit changing. And I learned this from Dr. Carol Leaf. I did not know this. So I guess that when you go through any kind of brain retraining or habit research, or like 75 hard, the first five days, you get like a dopamine release from the habit changing. And Day five is when your brain starts to get used to that dopamine and it starts craving it. And so day five is a critical day in sort of locking in the pattern. And I only just recently learned that. That's very interesting. So you kind of already beat me to my next question. Obviously, before this show, we were just having a little conversation. And I mentioned our audience is primarily millennials and uh-huh. we love to, hey, let's call it for what it is. We love things instantly, right? We're, on, we're in an on-demand world. So you're saying that people that 
take part in this challenge and, you know, high five, even yourself, right. Who lived this out, you're seeing instant results. Yeah. That's incredible. That's absolutely no, it's instant. It's absolutely instant and it's documented and it's scientifically backed. And um, that's why this idea is so freaking exciting. And it's why this book is exploding because people are experiencing it instantly. Like I literally was just on the breakfast club and Charlemagne and DJ Envy and Angela have all now tried. They're posting about it nonstop. Their audience is posting about it. The research is crazy. And let me explain why, because there's so much common sense behind this. So let's just talk about a high five. When you high five somebody else, Matt, what does just the high five that you give to a teammate or a friend, what are you communicating when you high five somebody else? Oh, great job. Congrats. Something along those lines. Correct. If a teammate blows a goal or a field kick or a free throw and you high five them, it's like, shake it off. I still right. believe in you. We got this. Get your head back in the game. Come on now. It says, <laughs> I believe you. I love you. All this stuff. It's, it's, it's this encouraging, empowering, universal gesture. Even if it's in a culture that you, you grew up in a culture where high fives are not that common, you've still seen them in sporting events. Mm -hmm. You've still seen teachers giving it to kids in videos that go viral. You have seen these gestures of encouragement. So this is the power of the high five habit. The programming is already in your brain and it's also in your nervous system. Have you ever high five somebody and thought, I hate you? No, I have not. Have you ever high five somebody and thought, I hope you lose? No, never. Fuck off. No, of course not. It is neurologically impossible to think something negative while you're high fiving yourself. Your brain is not designed to do it because your brain for your entire life has seen this gesture and gone, oh, we do that to people we love. We right. do that to people we believe in. We do that to people we celebrate. And so reason number one, why the high five habits results are instant is because you're not actually trying to learn anything new. You are unlocking programming that exists in your mind and you're just aiming it at yourself. That's why it works instantly. The mm. second reason why it works instantly is because your brain doesn't know the difference between me high-fiving Matt or me high-fiving Mel Robbins because your brain recognizes the high-five as a, as a habit loop. The physical motion is what triggers the habit of self-acceptance, celebration, encouragement, and love. So the second your hand goes up to do the gesture, you can't think. Your subconscious mind takes over and brings forward all the programming that it has attached to the physical action of a high five through your whole life. And one of the things that the world's leading experts on the brain have said conclusively is that when anybody else has ever given you a high five, your brain gives you a dopamine release. When you give yourself a high five, you give yourself a dopamine release. Dopamine helps you focus. It makes you feel better. It's the happy chemical in your brain. And it is the same thing that releases when, you know, you have an orgasm, when you do drugs, when you win the lottery, you are literally releasing dopamine for yourself when you high five yourself. That's what increases your mood. That's why a lot of people laugh when they do it for the first time. 
The other thing that your body does for you naturally because of programming is your nervous system is wired for celebratory energy. And, you know, what do you do instinctually when you cross a finish line, Matt? You get excited. Yeah, you raise your hands, right? What do you do when you wave somebody? You, you raise your hands, hug, raise your hands. Your favorite team scores, you raise your hands. High five, you raise your arms. Right. It's celebratory. So when mm. you go to do it to yourself, even on the lowest mornings, your nervous system gives you a little jolt. You know, you might not be like, yeah, this is awesome that I'm going to go into work and have to fire somebody today. But your nervous system goes, come on now, pick it up. You're going right. to be okay. You can do this. Like it's absolutely incredible. This is why it works immediately for people. Okay. So even just the physical of raising your hand up is triggering yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's incredible. Now, Mel, I need you to talk to me about the word habit because that word scares me. It does. Why? Truthfully. Why? You know why? So here's the thing, how I achieved, and we'll t we talked about 75 hard, right? How I achieved that and how I have achieved other goals in the past is I've made them public because if I've made them public and I put that in front of the public eye, I myself, I, I can't let myself fail. Right. If I yep. do something behind closed doors and I try to make a habit of meditating or reading every day or whatever exercise, whatever it is, I fail at it. I'm a human, okay. right? That yep. word scares. And I know I'm not the only one. So what's your advice? What's the secret to actually making it a habit? I'm going to say two things about this. Number one, you actually do practice the science of habits because you have an Uber habit and your Uber habit is make the shit public that I am afraid I'm not going to do. That's a habit. Right. It is. You're right. Okay. So habits do work for you. You just have one that works for everything. And so you use it. The second thing I'm going to say about habits is that most people focus on the wrong part of a habit loop. So every habit is comprised, as you probably know, of three required elements. There's a trigger, there's a behavior pattern you repeat, and then there is a reward. Most people think a habit is repeating the behavior. When the truth is the real power of habits and the ability to make them stick is understanding the power is in the trigger and in the reward, mm. not in the behavior pattern. So let's take the high five habit, for example. You know, I recommend the, and for a number of reasons, which we can unpack, that you make the high five habit a absolutely critical, non-negotiable part of your morning routine. I want you to do it right after you brush your teeth, because we know based on research, when you stack a new habit, like the high five in the mirror with an old habit that you already have in your subconscious brain, brushing your teeth, it's easier for your brain to pair those two together. So that's number one. Number two, just hoping that you remember to do it isn't enough when it comes to habits. You need a trigger. The trigger is the thing that cues your mind to do it. So I recommend that people put just a post-it note on the mirror and the post-it note could be blank. It could have a tracing of your hand. It could say high five. It could say, I love you. It could say, I believe in you. It could be anything as a message on this. It could say, go get them. 
It could say today's going to be a great day. It could be let's do this. Stick a post-it note on your mirror and the post-it note becomes an environmental trigger. So you're brushing your teeth. You're like, oh, there's a post-it note. I got a high five. That's the powerful part. The gesture is just the behavior I'm repeating. The reward in the case of the high five habit is the dopamine releasing, the fact that I'm going to feel good. Now, here's how the habit loop gets locked in. You'll know that you are really, truly creating a powerful habit when you see the trigger and you don't think about the behavior, you think about the reward. So when I see the post-it note on my mirror, I don't think about high-fiving myself. I think about how good it feels when I'm done. I'll give you another example. I always reward my exercise with a treat. This may sound a little odd, but I always reward my exercise with a treat. So I'm gonna explain the habit loop that I have for exercise. So remember, you always need a trigger. This is the cue that makes you remember to do it. It could be an alarm in your phone. It could be anything. For exercise, my trigger for exercising is I always lay my exercise clothes out on the floor of my closet. Okay. That way they are there like a freaking trap. <laughs> I don't have to think about exercising. I wake up, I walk into the closet. There are the, this morning it was red tights and a black uh, exercise jog top thing and a sweatshirt and some sticky socks because I went to like a bar class. And I immediately see the trigger on the floor, no thinking involved. And I go, fuck, you know, like, you're like, I literally, I don't want to exercise. Fuck, there they are. So that there's my exercise clothes. I don't have to think it's a trigger. Damn it. There's my habit loop begins the trigger. Do you know what I think about? I don't think about the bar class. I immediately think about the breakfast burrito that I'm eating afterwards because my reward for going to that particular bar class is to go to this little like breakfast taco place right next door. If I'm going to go to yoga, I think about a latte that I'm going to have at a coffee shop nearby. Your brain literally skips over the pattern and goes straight to the thing that you're going to get. And for those of you that have a favorite coffee shop that you go to after the gym, I guarantee you while you're in the gym, you're thinking about the coffee you're going to order. That's the reward. Your brain seals this into a loop. The trigger makes my brain think, oh my God, I'm about to get the coffee. And you forget about the gym piece, which is so cool because if you think about going to the gym, you're like, I don't feel like it. Now, taking all of this into consideration, if on a subconscious level, we don't feel like we deserve that high five, mm -hmm. is that just like a participation trophy? I know you talk about it in the book. I'm just curious for the people that are listening and obviously for myself no, here this too. No, this is profound. This is the most profound part of the whole thing. Okay. Actually, it's this is the biggest thing of the high five habit because you don't think you deserve it. Right. You have been trained to believe a lie. And the lie is that unless you have the million dollars in the bank, or the world's greatest love affair, or an incredible body, or you're driving that car, you live in that neighborhood, or you've sold your company, unless you have that thing, you haven't earned a high five. And I want you to break that belief apart and to understand that you deserve and need, and this is the most important part, you need, you need support, empowerment, and celebration every single day just to get through the day. 
You do not earn this. The very fact that you are alive and breathing is why you need a high five every day. This is not an award you get. This is a benefit of being human. And so let me explain this because the resistance is a really big thing. There are only two reactions that people have, Matt, when they hear us talking about the high five habit and they take the the dare we're going to tell them, give us five fucking days. That's all we're asking. Five lousy days. Your dreams, your happiness, your contentment, your purpose, you deserve five days. What if this is the one thing that's been missing? Because I believe it is. What if all of those big goals and big dreams just needed the high five habit so you knew the secret to propelling yourself toward them? What if the secret to healing your trauma, what if the secret to finally forgiving yourself for all the shit you did while you were trying to survive? What if it was the high five habit? Give me five lousy days to prove it to you because I know that it is. This is the thing that's been missing from every human being's life because none of us have ever been taught how to support, empower, and celebrate ourselves every step of the way. So you will either stand in front of your mirror because this is what's going to happen. You are going to brush your teeth tomorrow morning, get the gunk out of your mouth so you don't spread bad breath everywhere. (laughs) Then you're going to stand in front of your mirror. And step number one is the hardest part for people. Look at the human being in the mirror. That's not your reflection. There's two human beings in the bathroom every morning. There's you. And there's the human being in the mirror who is trying their best. And they are so tired of you beating them up. They are so tired of you focusing on the negative. They are so tired of the criticism. They need you. They need you to wake up. They need you to start being kinder and more supportive and more empowering and more encouraging. They need you. For most people, looking in the mirror is the hardest part. Based on our research, Matt, 50% of men and women don't even do that part. Can't do that part. Why? The reason why is every single morning when you stand before yourself, you drag your entire past in between you and your reflection. Okay. So if you have, you know, survived some stuff, if you've uh, been abused or neglected or abandoned or had your heart broken or, experience constant discrimination, bullshit. If you have been neglected, if you face poverty, all that stuff you've survived. There are so many people that look at that and see evidence that they're damaged or unworthy or unlovable or that life is never going to work out or you got such a uh, a late start or that you are behind or you the odds are against you or whatever. And so the resistance to seeing yourself or raising your hand is the fact that you are judging yourself based on your past and you withhold the very support and love and encouragement that you need because of all the stuff you've survived. If anything, if you're still here breathing, trying to get through the day in spite of all that crap, you deserve a high five. You got to celebrate that shit that you're still here. That's number one. The other reason why 
so many people cannot even look in the mirror is because of all the stuff you did. Mm -hmm. And if you're human, you have things that you regret. You've cheated, you've lied, you've stolen, you've squandered opportunity, you hurt people, you hurt yourself, all stuff you did, addiction, all of it, while you were just trying to survive crap you didn't understand, things that you would easily forgive Matt or Mel Robbins for, but you stand in judgment of yourself and you withhold that forgiveness. You withhold that compassion. You withhold that understanding that you need in order to heal. And so, you know, not looking at yourself, Matt, that is a habit of self-rejection. And it is a part of everybody's morning routine. Because even if you can look at yourself, what we look at are the things we need to fix. What we see are the things that we think that are wrong or that we don't like. And this is everybody. And so whether you ignore yourself or can't look at yourself or you pick yourself apart in the mirror, this is a habit of self-rejection. And then you practice that every morning. This is a habit that's gotten so deeply rooted in your brain. This is why you step out into the world and you see everything you're doing wrong at work. This is why you have things to say, but you don't share them, which is another form of self-rejection. This is why you have boundaries that you need to express with people, but you won't another form of self-rejection. This is why you morph and mold yourself to fit in with the cool people, another form of self-rejection. And so you just reject, 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 reject yourself all day long. And so back to your original question about validation and bringing it in house. What I really want you to do with the high five habit is I want you to have an awakening. I want you to realize that today could be the first day of an entirely different life, a life where you see yourself as a human being that deserves support and that deserves acknowledgement and that deserves respect. And day one of you learning how to give those things to yourself, Mm -hmm. how to make that your default. So when you stand in front of that mirror and you feel that resistance because your current default is to reject yourself, it will feel weird to raise your hand and high five yourself. That's good. If it feels weird, it means it's working because it means we are breaking the thing you normally do and plowing a new neural pathway response to your reflection. So if it's weird, great. That means it's working. The second thing that you'll notice is that as you go to raise your hand, You can be standing there going, this is stupid. Why did I listen to Matt and Mel? I'm a failure. Like I I didn't even go to the gym today and I'm high five. What the hell is this? As you can think all that, but as you go to raise your hand, your mind goes quiet because the hand and the gesture is a trigger that then grabs the positive programming that says, I hear you. I see you. I got you. Then you'll feel the dopamine. Then you'll feel the energy boost. And then you go, holy shit, this works. That's what happened. So I can attest to it. First and foremost, I had pizza, Chinese food, and cookies yesterday, but I gave myself a high five this morning. And I, and you know what? As I did it, I smiled. And I can't tell you how often I smile at myself in a mirror. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that out there. And one thing I loved, actually, that you put in the book was how you ran the marathon in New York City. Yeah. And the energy that you get from when people give you high fives. I yep. love that. I've ran it. Uh, not the marathon. I've ran tunnels to towers and things like that. Amazing stuff. But you feel that when you high five yourself. And I'm not saying this for brownie points either. 
Like I literally felt the energy. So I just wanted to throw that out. Matt, there. It's, I know it, it is incredible. Brownie, but dude, dude, I'm, I'm not <laughs> sitting here saying I've had this solo experience. Everybody trust me. I don't yeah. give a shit if people don't believe me. And let me tell you why. I am standing shoulder to shoulder with hundreds of thousands of other people and the world's leading experts saying, uh, no, this actually works because you're wired to have this work. You yeah. are born hardwired for love and celebration. A lot of people, Matt, not only smile, but then they cry. And the reason why they cry is because there is this deep longing to be seen, heard, and celebrated. Your true nature is a human being who deserves love and support. And so many people cry when they first start doing this because there's a sense that you're finally coming back home to who you truly are. It's powerful stuff. And, Absolutely. you know, another thing that I'll tell, you know, the folks that are listening is that, you know, chapter two of the book is nothing but research because look, I know on its face, it sounds stupid and I'm super passionate because I know the science here. And there was this incredible research study that people love that, you know, there's a big article about it in the Wall Street Journal in 2011, if you Google this. Researchers at Berkeley looked at NBA teams and they wanted to know what are the habits that all of the teams with the winningest records at the end of a season have. And they were surprised because what they discovered is that the NBA teams that have the best records all share one interesting habit in the preseason. The teams that have the most fist bumps, pats on the back, and high fives during the preseason go on to have the best performance in terms of wins for the whole mm. season. And the same holds true for the teams who perform the worst. During the preseason, they have the least amount of pats on the back and fist bumps and high fives. And the answer is why? Why is this a fact? And the Wall Street Journal article is really interesting because they're like, yeah, we read this study. We didn't believe it. And then we actually watched the tapes and did the numbers. And they're right. The reason why is a high five is more than a gesture. It communicates trust and partnership. Mm. And that trust and partnership fuels momentum and inspiration and motivation. And I'm here to tell you, you will experience the same thing with yourself, if you start to raise your hand exactly where you are. Look, your life may suck right now. You may be going through a divorce. You may have been fired from a job. You may be facing bankruptcy and nearly a million dollars in debt like I was a decade ago. You may have just learned that somebody cheated on you. You may have been like told no from your dream school. You may have lost the election. When you raise your hand to your reflection on those mornings, it's not going like, yeah, it's awesome. It's saying, I get it. It's freaking hard. I get yeah. it. And guess what? You still got this. You're going to be okay. Now, with an NBA team, like that, that's an incredible example, right? That research there. There are, and this is actually the premise of the show, like exposing the quote unquote secrets to success. Like we know what they are. They're out there. Mel Robbins is putting them out in books. You're hopping on podcasts, amplifying them, so on and so forth. Yep. But people don't actually, and when I say people, myself, you know, because I, I could be doing a million and one things for myself to level up in life. We don't necessarily apply it. So an MBA team, for instance, you know, they have this research. Why wouldn't they implement it more? You know, I'm just curious to, and I'm, I'm using the MBA as an example here because you just gave it. Why don't we take in, 
you know, take those secrets and actually apply them. Like the application isn't always there. Because we don't think we're worthy. Yeah. Okay. Like that, like at the bottom, like I know because I've been doing the research now. Yeah. I've been helping people for a decade. The fundamental problem in everybody's life is a deep sense of self-hatred hmm. or a lack of worthiness or a just crushing and relentless habit of rejecting yourself, focusing on the negative. These are all learned thinking patterns and learned behaviors. And I'm here to tell you that when you attack the core problem and you break the habit of hating yourself and you break the habit of focusing on what's wrong, and you break the habit of judging everything that you do, every text you send, every email you write, everything you just said at work, when you break the habit of the grinding criticism and you replace it with a habit of support, encouragement, forgiveness, self-kindness, magical shit happens because you will have discovered the secret to motivation. You will never feel motivated when you're beating yourself down. You will always feel motivated when you feel lifted up. This is why the best part of running a marathon or tunnels to towers or anything is not the actual race. It's the fact that strangers are clapping for you and high-fiving you. It's that encouragement that empowers you to keep moving forward. And we've all like somehow gotten into this mess where we believe that we can somehow beat the shit out of ourselves and change our lives. Like this is why diets don't work. People go on diets because they hate how they look. They don't go on diets because they feel that they deserve to be healthier. Like you, when you're fixing something about yourself, you're coming from a place of making yourself wrong. Nobody feels motivated when they're berated. You feel motivated when you're being cheered for exactly where you are. You know, we don't stand as spectators in the race and cross our arms and go, Matt, I'm not clapping for you. Look at your freaking split time, <laughs> moron. But we do that to ourselves. Yeah. And so, you know, the bottom line is you've just never been taught how to do this. And so, you know, when you attack the core problem, that robs you of happiness, robs you of inspiration, robs you of your dreams, robs you of joy and contentment and peace and purpose. And that core problem is self-hatred. When your whole business and pursuit of success becomes part of your self-expression and it's driven by something that's deep in your heart, like it is for me now making an impact rather than chasing something or needing to prove something, which is all a make wrong, when you bring it back in-house from a place of feeling accepted and supported and aligned with your true nature, it's unbelievable what happens. Like for me, you know, at 13 years ago, my husband and I were nearly a million dollars in debt. We were about to lose our house. We, he had gone into the restaurant business and we had secured everything with our life savings and our home. And the first little pizza joint did great. And then as they tried to expand, things got terrifying. And then the first housing crisis hit in 2008. And I found myself in a situation I never thought I'd be in. I was 41 years old. We had three kids under the age of 10. 
We were 800 grand in debt. I couldn't buy groceries. Every credit card maxed out. The home equity line maxed out. Liens on the house. I mean, just absolutely terrifying. And it was during that moment of my life that I created the five second rule. And this rule, you just count backwards, five, four, three, two, one, and then you move. And it cuts through procrastination and self-doubt. It kind of silences the hesitation that holds you back. And I became a machine. Like it was life-changing. Five, four, three, two, one, out of bed. Five, four, three, two, one, pick up the phone and make the cold call. Five, four, three, two, one, turn off the TV and get to work. Five, four, three, two, one, don't snap at the kids. Five, four, three, two, one, don't drink the alcohol. And over the course of the last 10 years, I have become wildly successful, more successful than I ever thought I'd ever be, made more money than I ever thought possible. And yet when I looked in the mirror, Matt, I still saw a person I hated. Hmm. I saw all the things I wasn't doing. I saw, you know, uh, the five second rule is a self-published book. It was the number one audio self-published. It's still the number one self-published audio book in the world. Not enough. I've sold 2 million copies of that self-published book in four years, and it's been translated into 36 languages. Not bad for somebody with dyslexia and ADHD who self-published. That's incredible. Not enough. I launched a daytime syndicated talk show with Sony Pictures Television. My dream since being a little girl taped it at the CBS Broadcast Center. Not enough. Published the, you know, high five habit. It's doing extraordinarily well. And I have a totally different relationship to it. And here's why. In April of 2020, when life was punching me in the face, I discovered that high-fiving myself in the mirror silenced the critic and taught me how to see myself as a human being that is worthy of support and celebration and love. It has broken apart the relentless self-hatred and the relentless focus on what's not going right. And it has reprogrammed my mind to focus on what is going well. And when you can focus on the little things that are going great, it makes you start to see the bigger things that can go great. And when you wake up and you feel a sense of momentum, because you know that no matter what happens today, I have my own back. No matter who doesn't invite me to a party or what bestseller list I don't make or what crappy things somebody says about me, yeah, it might sting, but it doesn't change the fact that for the first time in 53 years, I like myself. I respect myself. I encourage myself. It doesn't mean I'm a narcissistic asshole. It doesn't mean I think I'm better than anybody else. The high five habit is about doubling down on compassion for yourself and support for yourself and kindness toward yourself. And that changes everything because your relationship with yourself is what determines what your life feels like. If you look in the mirror and you see what's wrong, you will step out into the world and experience what's wrong. If you look in the mirror and you hate yourself, you will inevitably and disrespect yourself and reject yourself. You will step out into the world and you will allow other people to disrespect you because you just did it in the bathroom with yourself. When you learn as a habit to look in the mirror and treat yourself with respect and compassion, 
to treat yourself as if you like yourself. And the gesture alone, I don't even want you to say anything. I just want you to raise your hand because your mind recognizes this gesture as something you only do to somebody you actually like and respect. When you start to demonstrate that to yourself every single morning, it changes how you show up in the world. There isn't a damn thing anybody could say about me or to me that would change the fact that I respect myself. Because every morning when I stand before myself in the mirror, I show myself that I respect myself by high-fiving myself for where I am. I'm still here. I'm breathing. I'm going to try again today. That's powerful. Now, Mel, I know you've been asked a lot of questions about this book, but I'm curious, what's a question you wish more people would ask you? Maybe not even about the book, maybe just in general. I don't know. I actually have no idea. Well, that's not a bad thing. I, I don't mean to stump anyone by asking that. I'm just curious. Well, I'll tell you a question that that um, I think that people find my answer to be really surprising. Okay. So you know how a lot of people, and you see it online all the time, that people say, if you could go back and give your millennial self or your younger self advice, what advice would you give? Okay. And- my answer is I wouldn't go back and give myself any advice. Respectable. I, I actually really respect that response. Because that I believe yeah. absolutely everything in your life, good and bad, is preparing you for something that's coming next. Right. And what's interesting is that good decisions come with experience. And bad decisions are what create that experience. Mm, that's powerful. Mel, uh, I appreciate it. I, I could talk to you the rest of the day. So I'm going to do you the favor and say thank you. Express my gratitude for all that you brought to the show here today. Truth, like, honestly, a lot to digest. That's for sure. This is like a, you need to listen to this two times minimum. I'm going to make sure socials, websites, challenge, all of that good stuff is in the show notes. You have anything Great. else that we should mention? No. Look, you can buy the book anywhere it's sold, but the high five challenge, get in it. It's just high, the number five challenge.com right now. Let me tell you in real time, because uh, I actually you will just signed up. I you literally did? just okay, signed great. up. Okay, great. You will, you will literally not believe this, everybody. There are, yep, 127,767 people That's in amazing. the challenge or that have completed the challenge. Oh, so they're not even live. Oh, they're, they're live. Oh, no, but no, there's tons finished. of people live that are in there. Yes, but there are people. It's a five-day self-guided challenge. Every day there's a video from me where I dig deep into a concept in the book. You then take a research back journaling exercise, and then we ask you to share your insights with the community. But I will now. There's tons of people in here. Hold on a second. You will see that there are from 91 countries. Let's see if we can bring it up. Yes, yes, there's, I see it. I oh, see it. Here, yeah, there he is. Uh, there's just like people all throughout. That's so it. incredible. Yeah. Now, just like, now Mel, incredible. Do you have a journal for this book as well? Did I see something on Amazon for a journal? We do. I don't think it comes out until later in the year, but you know, podcasts have a really long life. So there's a journal and one of the, but here's the other thing I want to say, I'm on such a mission for you guys to get an impact and to have these tools impact your life that when you buy the book and even the audio book comes with this, 
because we direct you to a URL. But in the very back of the high five habit, you will find that there are pages that you can tear out because I have put the journal templates in the back of the high five uh. habit for free. So you do not even have to buy the journal in order to experience the research in the journal. One of the most important things about the journal. So you will see like, you know, kind of in the back of the book, there are yep. pages that you can rip out so that you can use the templates for free. And a lot of this book is about training your mind to work for you. And so the journaling method is about how you train your mind, body, and spirit to align and help you achieve your goals using science. I love that. Mel, thank you again. Truly appreciate it. You are incredible. You're, you're phenomenal on the mic. Like, Oh, thanks. I truly mean that. Uh, and by the way, I, why do you say that? You know, you're very down to earth, very, very down to earth. I think that's the main thing. I think there's a vibe about you and I've done over 200 plus episodes. Like we're almost three years into this. We're, we're growing it. We're scaling it. Um, you're very down to earth. You're realistic. You're very knowledgeable. You know what you're talking about. And it's just a pleasure speaking with you. You know, it, it's like, this is the first time we're meeting face to face. And it's like, I feel like you've known me and I'm just like, okay, cool. Let's go with it. You know? So <laughs> you're, you're, you're a pleasure to have a conversation with to say the least. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, Absolutely. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. I'm going to end the recording here. Otherwise I can go for days, but well, thank we'll you again. Part two, my pleasure. And there it is. Episode number 209 with our friend Mel Robbins. Now, as mentioned, this habit simply by giving yourself a high five in the mirror and listen, Mel mentioned it. She knows it might sound weird. And in fact, doing it your first few times might feel weird, but I'll tell you this. The first time that I did this habit, I had a toothbrush in my mouth and I said, fuck it, I'm going to give myself a high five in this mirror right now. And you want to know what? I smiled from ear to ear as I did it. I can't tell you the last time I smiled while looking in the mirror without forcing myself to do so. So listen, give it a shot. There is nothing to lose here. This costs you nothing and it could be a drastic improvement to your life. Now, not only can it be a drastic improvement to your life, it could also be a drastic improvement to someone else's life. So I'm going to ask you, as always, to share this. This is practical habits that could be so differentiating. It could really, really help someone. Maybe even someone that you don't know needs help. Everyone has a great way of putting on a facade or showing that everything's great. But... Maybe you share it on your social. Maybe you share it on your Instagram story. If you do, make sure to tag us. Regardless, you could have an impact on someone's life by sharing this episode. So we urge you to do so. Reach out to Mel. You can find all of her socials, websites, where to get the book, all of that good stuff, as always, in the show notes of this episode. And if you do reach out to her, let her know that you heard her here. That's really important. Until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.